everybody. Ring the bell, Philly's podcast. We're back at you on a Sunday night. We're back to normal. Thank God. Um, even on a normal day when we're supposed to record, Dean still finds a way to bail. So everything's <laughs> the same. <laughs> but uh, Jason Kent's here with us. Jason, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, doing well. Nice uh, weather starting to really warm Get up. Hot. <laughs> yeah, it was humid out there today. Um, you know, I had a Fourth of July party over the weekend nice. yesterday. Um, you know, even a little early, but you can't do it in the middle of the week. So nah, sure. it's nice. It's a good weekend. Well, outside well, of the Phillies baseball, yeah, it's a good weekend, it, which we'll get into shortly. But bro, man, I I went. So I have I have two little ones who are four, and the other one's about to be two. And um, one of them wakes up at like seven a.m. So I get up at seven. And I see it's it's looking really nice outside. Um, I go to walk our dog. I step outside at 7 a.m. And I am just smacked in the face with like humidity that it already feels like it's 85 degrees. And I was like, you know what? I uh, I'm not going to go outside today. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to wrap this thing up. <laughs> and I just um, man, the humidity just sucks right now. But still. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to complain. I, I love summer. Um, but yeah, we have a 4th of July party coming up too. Um, I think we're going to be doing it like Tuesday. I think we're gonna do it all on 4th of July, but we're going to do it at like noon. Um, yeah. cause you know, with the kitties and all, and all that stuff, but, um, yeah, a lot of good things happening from a personal standpoint, obviously for both of us, which is cool, but the Philadelphia Phillies, man. And look, we recorded an episode. I want to say maybe like three weeks ago. Um, and we we I think I, I headlined uh, the show and I called it, you know, you never know what you like, you know, from day what day to the next. You just don't know what Phillies team you're getting. And Jay, I, I looked right before we hit record. I looked, I was like, oh, wow, the Phillies had a four and two week. But boy, it it did not feel like they had a four and two week. Um, did you kind of get that same thought as well? Oh, a thousand percent. I, I think, and, and I've been beating this kind of all season. It, it just feels like, you know, every, every step you take backward or every type of, every step you're taking forward, you're taking two back. And, and I get it. It was a four and two week. We, we should be happy, but when you're going into, you know, your last week before the all-star break, you got, you play the Cubs and, and, and the nationals that should at minimum be, be a five in one week. Yeah. Um, especially when you have Tampa Bay coming up. Um, yep. you, you want to win these series and you got to start stacking them. So, you know, four and two, you know, you kind of want to be happy, but when you're the Phillies and you have a lot of teams right now in the race and you're, you're coming in that second half, you need to beat teams like the nationals. Mm-hmm. You have to win those series. So this, you know, after sweeping the Cubs, this should have at minimum been a five in one week, you know, you're gaining cause you have three against the Marlins coming up and you know, they're struggling a little bit. Tampa struggling a little bit. You really, you really wanted to take two or three from the Nats going into the weekend, you know, taking that I, up and, and just doing well. I agree. And you know, you look at the, at this way, you had such a great opportunity to go into the all-star break. Um, I mean, you still got Tampa Bay. So, okay. You had a great opportunity to kind of keep a little bit of ground just in case you might struggle a little bit against Tampa Bay. And then you got, of course, the Phillies have Miami right before they head um, to the all-star break. You sweep the Cubs and we're all in here like, oh, this is great. Exactly what they needed. And then you lose the opener two to one at Citizens Bank Park against the Nationals. And then in typical Phillies fashion, the very next day, they compile 19 runs 
on 412 hits uh, and they beat the nationals 19 to four. And that was just an absolute destruction. And then you come back on Sunday and you lose five to four. And we're going to touch on that one a little bit because look, here's what's coming up in July. In case people don't know, you have three coming up against Tampa, three against Miami, all on the road right before the all-star break. Man, that sucks. You know, Castellanos, by the way, congratulations to Nick Castellanos, who is a uh, a, a major league all-star, baby. And big in, shout out. Immensely well-deserved. And um, to all of you who wrote him off after one year, you can uh, kiss my ass and kiss his ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, that, you know, Jay and I came on here. You guys can go all the way back to shows last year where you can hear us say, look, we think it's going to be different next year because, again, patterns usually do work in sports, especially with a guy with a resume like Casty, and it's shown. He's been their best player all season. An absolute machine uh, this season for the Phillies, and it's well-deserved. Um, if it keeps going, I wouldn't be surprised if Casey gets MVP votes either uh, in the NL with how great he's playing. But, you know, not – and then you get to the All-Star break – you come out of the all-star break, you have a four-game set at home against San Diego, including a doubleheader that Saturday the 15th. Then you have three at home against Milwaukee, uh, three in Cleveland, and then three at home against Baltimore, who's a really good baseball team this year. And then you end the month of, all, of, of July uh, against Pittsburgh and then one game against Miami, part of a four-game set that goes into August. So, look – I understand that four a four and two week this past week sounds really good on paper, um, but it still op- continues questions for me. It really does. And you just let's look at Sunday for example, losing five four. Ranger Suarez, who had given up a total of just four earned runs combined in his previous five starts, matched that total. In just one frame and ended up being charged with five runs today. Um, I, what was your thoughts today, man, on on Ranger? It just didn't look like he was there today. I don't. I'm I'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass because mm. I think with the way he's been pitching the last month, you're you you know, you know this game is going to happen. And you kind of hope with the way he's pitched when that game happens, the offense can pick him up. And in today it just wasn't enough. And, you know, it's it's one of those things I, I'm not going to put too much stock into it because he's been he's looked since his first few starts back, he's looked beautiful. So, you know, I'm not going to put too much stock into it. I don't want to see a trend. But like we said, last game, we went what seven or eight innings. So. You know, I, I'm gonna hopefully it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I was looking at that schedule coming up after the All Star break. You need to win series because teams like, you know, when we look at us, I think I look at the Phillies and you think you still have that mindset they're going to be a great team. But right now they're in that middle echelon. So even teams mm-hmm. like San Diego, whose record, you know, their fan base was looking at the same thing as us because they were in the NLCS last year too. So it's still, they have the talent. So when you have these teams that you're coming up against, it's you know t- those series against the Nationals are are super important, especially with how much they struggled. Um, I, I, but I, I think overall, I, I'm still feeling a little bit more optimistic. They've mm-hmm. been winning. You know what are we? I think we're four games over 500. 
-hmm. We're starting to look like the team we thought. So I'm starting to be more encouraged than I was, you know, a few weeks ago. Definitely, though. Yeah, for sure. The Phillies upsetting weekend. Yeah, I mean the Phillies are right now are five games over five hundred. They're forty four and thirty nine. Um, but look, you know, in an alternate universe, let's just kind of kind of give a little bit of context to that that bad inning by Ranger. I think Brandon Marsh should have made that fly ball for the second out of the inning. I thought it was a very much a catchable fly ball. He admitted to that after the game. Um, and if he makes that catch, it's highly likely that Ranger doesn't get in the position to give up that grand slam to stone Garrett that changed the entire complexion of the rest of the game. Um, and it, and I want to ask you this, man, it's what is going on with Brandon Marsh defensively, offensively, no issues. The guy's hitting 280. Um, I think like in his last two weeks, he's hitting 335, I think. And over the last month or so, he's almost at 300. So offensively, we are getting an overachieving Brandon Marsh with the bat. Great. Since when am I now questioning, even Rob Thompson is questioning, Brandon Marsh as your everyday center fielder? Um, And I've been noticing it now progressively declining, I guess. He's been reading fly balls at very in a very shaky matter over the past month, I see he's getting late jumps or routine fly balls. He's making look a little bit more difficult. Um, I'm not a professional outfielder. I mean, I, I've, I've played center field for 30 years, but again, I'm not a professional baseball player, not even remotely close ever in any stretch of any universe. But I do know off of a bat, if I'm where I'm going to be, where I have to be in a position to make a routine fly ball, if I have, to, if uh, you know right away, if you've taken the wrong step in or back, um, have you noticed as well, Jay? Maybe what Rob Thompson's noticing, and the fact that he's starting to say that, you know, Brandon Marsh is going to have to start getting comfortable playing a corner outfield position. You know, we thought when Marsh came in, we had a lockdown center fielder. What's going on? That that was the big thing when when you made that trade last year was. You know, the big thing for me, I'm okay with some of the offensive deficiencies because we thought we had a gold glove defender. Yeah. Um, he has looked a, looked a little off. Um, I don't I don't think he's really been an everyday guy. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder how much of it is maybe a little mental fatigue because it, you're in the major leagues now, you know, you're on a championship, what you thought was a championship caliber team. He hasn't been that guy in the major leagues maybe it's a little bit of fatigue is the only thing I could think of. Cause you just don't expect it from a player who, you know, coming up through the minors, that's what his thing was. You, you know, you hope the back come around, you know, you have a, you know, a solid center fielder. Um, so if, if you're making that trade and now Marsh isn't your everyday center fielder, that there are some, some big questions because I think that was a spot that we thought last year, if Marsh's back could come around, Mm-hmm. He's the guy you're going to lock in for the next four or five years at center field with a pretty, you know, team friendly deal because he's on his rookie contract. Um, so if you're moving him out to a to a out, you know, a corner outfield spot, I think that just hurts this team dramatically, honestly. I, I agree. And that's something that's just gonna have to get figured out from a defensive standpoint. Because again, you know, we always looked at Brandon Marsh as look, he's gonna be a Big stopper in center field, but you have to take the good with the bad. We might only be getting like a 240, 250 hitter out of him. 
we're not getting that this year. We're getting a you know a two ninety hitter um, who's all of a sudden now playing shoddy defense. It's just something that has to get figured out. And question for you though, sure. and 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 with it as being a center fielder, can any of it have to do with knowing your left and right fielder aren't the best, and maybe trying to overcompensate for absolutely. For I agree. That's why their deficiencies. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm trying to placate and walk gingerly around the situation of him struggling in center field. But I still think he's got to be. I mean, I understand from a center fielder, if you have two, if you have a left and if your corner outfielders aren't necessarily strong defenders, I get it. If you're a guy like Brandon Marsh, who seems ultra competitive, very fast player out there, then you might want to start making up for what's going on, but you also can't let it burn you. You can't you, you're regardless of Castellanos and Schwerber's abilities. They're still pros. You have to let them do what they're, what they're doing. Like that play that Schwerber, you know, botched last week. That was an error. Like that's again, that's what's going to happen. Marsh can't be there for that. Cassie has actually played pretty good yeah. serviceable right field. When you're a center fielder, yeah, on your shoulders, you put a lot of pressure on your shoulders to be that stabilized figure in the outfield. It's also that's what's expected of you. But I'm noticing his reads off the bat that balls are going right at him. He's not reading well. He's making look like non-routine plays that are routine plays. Um, I don't know what it is. It's definitely probably a mental thing for sure. Um I don't think putting him in a corner outfield spot's going to help anything that he does back in center field. Um, I, I, I honestly, I just let it ride out. He's not costing you games. Uh, I mean, he he made a really bad play. It was a Saturday night where he dropped the the fly ball. Um, that was really bad. Uh, but look, it, it's going to happen. Uh, just <laughs> don't make a habit out of it, which I, I don't think he ever has or will. But it's still something that needs to be paid attention to um, because the trade deadline coming up, Schwerber and Cassie aren't going to be getting really many days off. So if Brendan Marsh is going to be playing left or right field, are they going to make a deal at the deadline for somebody? Do are, Does this definitely mean that Bryce Harper is going to be going to first base? Um, th- like what's the lineup going to look like now if Rob Thompson already wants to shift his center fielder to a corner position where you only got one DH spot. So I don't know what's going to be happening here. Problem is what you expect out of a corner outfield is, is, you know, you're expecting more pop than, than Marsh has. Yeah. Um, And the problem is we also don't have any, we don't have a center fielder to replace him. No. So it's not like we you can don't think Pache is a good enough replacement. I don't trust him over a full season. But, you I... know, the dude, he couldn't make the Oakland Athletics, and they have 20 wins, okay? Like, it's still Dell Duds. I understand the kid's young. I understand he was a top-flight prospect uh, in, in Atlanta, and I do get it. Do I believe in him every day? No. I don't I don't trust his bat well enough. And I get this year he's batting 312, I think, in his limited bats. But I want to see Marsh. You know, I'm okay seeing Pache occasionally. If you want to, you know, spill Marsh, 
give him a couple days, you know, let him mentally rest, do whatever he needs to do. I'm okay with that. But to me, I, th- I think it's a big deal, a uh, super big deal because you're already wanting to add other positions. I think you'd like to add a pitcher. You would like to look at first base and leave, you know, Bryce to me at the age, um, you know, if they're, if the rumors about Goldschmidt are true, you really don't want to have to go out and get a center fielder. I think you want to allocate those resources to a starting pitcher, to a first baseman. So that just really messes up to me even more the trade deadline. If you have to go look at one, you know, acquiring a center fielder. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And that's something they're going to have to, to really think about Um, moving on again, you know, Bryce Harper was on base four times on Sunday, two singles um, and a walk. Um, but he extended his homerless streak now to 31 games and 139 plate appearances. He has not homered since May 25th. Um, again, I'm not going to complain about the fact that the guy just is a machine at getting on base right now. But look, man, and we said it last week, I'm going to say it again. I do not want to see. Bryce Harper, the singles hitter. I just don't. I don't want it. And I don't think the team long-term can survive on that. Um, are you starting to really press a panic button on this guy's ability to drive in runs right now? Yeah. And I think because <laughs> when you look at it, is last the last 25 games, he's hit five extra base hits. Mm-hmm. That's not what Bryce Harper is. And it really makes you worry how bad if the injury is affecting him at all. And I think we discussed that a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those power numbers, it's just the overall power numbers, not just the homers, because you know, I, I get it, but if you if he's got seven home runs and five doubles, that's a different story. If you're just hitting doubles and you're you know, you're not even having you got nothing over the fence, it's it's you're at a point now where you have to be a little bit concerned. Because he's the guy, you know, we saw last year in the playoffs what he did. He's a guy that can carry you, you know, for a month. He can carry you for a season, you know, carry you for a while. And he right now doesn't look like that same Bryce Harper that we've seen uh, all the seasons in here. But like you said, I, you know, the average is still there. He's batting 295. He's still getting on base, you know, at over a 350 clip. So it's really tough to be super worried about it. But when you're known for, like you said, you're not, paying him to be a singles hitter you want this guy to hit bombs i i agree so then my next question is then like what do you just do i mean you let him hit this out because look again you can't bench him because he's getting on base at a over 400 clip so you just let him ride this out do you tell do you tell bryce to start trying to hit the ball up a little bit like do you say hey bryce uh let's elevate that launch angle a little bit like, or do you just let Bryce be Bryce for now? You let Bryce be Bryce. Unless, unless you really believe there's a serious, you know, injury that something's mm-hmm. really wrong with them, you have to let him sit it out or, you know, not sit it out, but swing it out, you know, just give him the at bats. Cause eventually, you know, it is Bryce Harper, the dude he's going to, he is, we know what his power, you know, unless his power didn't just lose it. He's not losing it. Right. It's not. You know, so he's going to come out of it. It really is. Do you believe there's something seriously wrong? If you do, then you have to take him out and you got to do something with it. If you're thinking, you know, if it's not that, then you're right. Yeah, you just let him swing and eventually he will break out of it. Um, you yeah. just hope it's not too long. 
Well, and I agree. And it's just really starting to bother me. Um, but you know, and again, I'm not gonna I'm not sitting here, everyone, and saying bench Bryce Harper or move him down to the seventh hole. No, I'm just saying I have you know been through Bryce throughout his whole career, and I've never known Bryce to be a singles hitter. So I just think when you it's you it's the whole package. To me, I understand what what we're seeing with Bryce, but it's also, you know, you're paying Trey Turner all this money and he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. JT really seems to be on the decline. So I think it looks bigger because you're expecting Bryce to carry you where this lineups should be built to where not one person has to do that. And I, I think that's putting even more pressure on Bryce. And I think Bryce sees that, you know, that could play into it too. Maybe he's trying to do too much, because he knows a lot of these other guys are struggling right now, you know, really outside of Casty, who's killing it every day. It feels like, you know, not everybody's doing it. So, you know, maybe he feels the pressure too. I agree. And, and, and maybe Bryce is feeling the pressure in, in the sense that maybe he's doesn't have that summer bod yet, but look, summer's coming. So are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game changing full body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be that guy with those Austin Powers chest hairs. And and if you grew some winter man titties like over the winter, man, the least you can do is make sure they're hairless, right? It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com right now for 20% off and free shipping with our code baseball. 20. Look, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you guys increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the performance package 4.0. There's no doubt that Nick Castellanos is uh, rocking a little bit of a performance package 4.0. Not on his face. We can clearly see that, but maybe that studs, you know, working elsewhere. The kit comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or that treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. Their trimmer features a ceramic blade designed to cut hair on the loose skin and reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. You can even trim an arrow pointing to that promised land if you're bold enough. Come on, boys, let's do that. Inside the performance package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. It's brutal. No one likes nose hairs, so their package also comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0. You also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $40 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. I swear by those boxers ladies and gents please trust me on that if you're wearing sandals you need to get the manscaped shears 2.0 nail kit having the right tools for grooming is essential do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code baseball 20 at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code baseball 20 at manscaped.com trim your chesticles with the besticles all right, we're back, and two other players I want to talk about. One, I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it, but I'm still going to bring it up because it's important. The other one is someone who I think the Phillies should really think about locking down for another four to five years. Let's talk about the first one, who I don't think the Phillies are going to be locking down for four to five more years, and that's Aaron Nola. 
All right. So I hope everyone listening to this has finally realized that he's not that good. Over his last 24 innings, he's given up 22 hits, 14 runs, 14 earned, and eight walks. Um, Jay, I mean, I don't know what else we can keep saying. I mean, we have a Phillies podcast and he pitches every fifth day, so we got to talk about it um, because he pitches at least once a week that we record. What do we expect out of this anymore? Because it's not, it's, it's, it's not getting better. I mean, he's sitting right now at a 451 ERA, a whip of one, almost 1.12, actually 1.12. You can act. It is. Um, He's already thrown over 105 innings. What are we expecting at at this? Like the only thing people say now is, oh, he's got eight strikeouts here, nine strikeouts there, but four earned here, six earned there, three walks, four walks. Like what is going on? He's costing himself tens of millions of dollars. I think his biggest issue has always been uh, the long ball. And and you see that this season he's you know in top ten for you know pitchers for giving up the most home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of the year, was it a little bit of a joke and a jab at you and Dean for me to say <laughs> Nola for Cy Young? You know, probably. Yeah. Um, but I did believe I do believe in him. I did believe in him. I really believed in his talent. And I really thought. He was a dude who finished in the top 10 multiple times in Cy Young award votes. Um, he's a guy that always logs innings. He's always the horse. Um, I always, I, I believe he's better than what we're saying, but it, it's tough to really, he, he's made it very tough this season um, to really defend him. And and I've been a guy that I've, I've, you know, I went to war with you and Dean over, over Nola. Um, so, you know, for me to sit here and, and say, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what you do because you can't. He, yeah, you can't. This dude is not. You you can't pay him what he thinks he's worth. If we offered him over a hundred million dollars, there's no way you can offer him that now. No, no. And and, and so it, it's very it's very disheartening because you need for this team to be. You know, I said it this year. To, for this team to be a, a you know a championship team, you need Nola and you need Wheeler. And and Nola just he he doesn't look. Even like he looks worse than he's looked, I think, in his career. This is the worst he's ever looked, um, and it's the and it's when it's he needs it most. So it's it's really tough to say I want to I can win a World Series with this guy or I want this guy starting a World Series game when in his biggest moment of his career mm-hmm. he's costing himself millions of dollars. So so it's really tough to believe in a guy that when you know when it's getting tough and it's time for you to show up. You know, World Series last year, you didn't show up, you know, and it's really carried over into this season. Yeah, it really has. So, like, if you're the Phillies, man, again, it's just like a not, I don't want to compare it to Bryce, but in terms of him, you know, we said let Bryce just ride this one out. You're just going to let Nola ride this one out. I mean, because I'll tell you what, I, I, it seems like every time he has a really good start, it's followed up by two really bad ones. Um, and when it comes to the playoffs, I really don't want this guy starting game one or two of a, of a postseason. I just don't. I, I can't do it right now. Regardless of what Ranger did today, shit. I mean, I I I think I would I would roll with like Taiwan or Ranger starting game one of a playoff game right now. I really think Nola at this point you can't. 
he he gets game four. Wow. You you have to, and and that's something I never thought I'd say. But to me, at this point, I'm even I am starting Ranger. I am starting Walker over him. Um, to me, you know, you flip a coin for for those two guys. Wheeler goes game one. They go two and three, and and Nola goes four now. Like it, it's really at that point now. You know, I don't I don't even know if you're the Phillies if you really look at them. You know, because mm-hmm. you let him go see. I guess at this point, maybe you let him see the mark and see. But there are, to me, there could be a few big names out there. And when you look at Nolan now, you, you're not excited. To me, that's right. not a name that excites you. He's he's proven he can't. He's not a big time pitcher. And, and I wonder now at this point how much of the World Series run last year really got in his head because it feels like, you know, we're blaming. Pitch clocks, like how much of you getting blown up and worrying about it, and now not getting a deal, it, is he as mentally strong as you want your ace to be? That's a good point, man. That's a brilliant, brilliant point there. I, I, I didn't think about it that deep. Um, so yeah, it's a great. I, I understand that, that's true. I mean, we don't know what he's carrying with him through through last season, but it seems to be all of it, and that's. It's just really hard to watch sometimes. It's hard to watch when you when you see a guy like Taewon and Ranger just dominating and you go, God, Nola's a guy that's projected to make over $25 million the next three to five years. And this guy can can, you know, barely go through a game without through five innings giving up seven hits and four runs and walking three guys. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? This is a big deal. If you get to a postseason or you're down to the final two weeks of the season battling for a wild card spot this guy's gonna be pitching at least two times like it's at two games you gotta he's gotta be on the mound um so i don't know all right and before we get out of here i really want to talk about alec bohm um i know we talked about him before the season as a guy that's gonna have you know who we assume was gonna have a really big show me year and definitely a guy the Phillies are gonna have to think about signing long term i mean um I, I look, he's a multi positional player. I mean, he's obviously he's gotten significantly better at third base. Um, when they need him at first base, he can do it. Um, you know, he's got just about to hit 10 home runs, uh, 55 RBIs. He's batting 280. Um, look, you know, it's really hard in a league that doesn't have many third basemen, especially ones that can, you know. Um, played pretty decent third base, but then also hit around, you know, 275 and 300, which he's shown before. He's 26 years old, Jay. Is it, do you think it's time the Phillies should look into locking this guy up for a few more years? Yeah. I, because I think we all thought it was a matter of time. Yeah. And, you know, even the organization, yeah. um, till the bat figured, till he figured it out offensively. And, and it really looks like he's going this year. Um, and look, you know, in the beginning of the season, he came out hot, had a little bit of a slump, really, you know, brought him to end, and he seems to be picking it back up again. Um, and like you said, I think the biggest thing is that defense. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he could figure it out, man, and you don't want him because if he just if he gets better offensively, if he starts hitting those plateaus like we think he could be, you know, a three consistent three hundred hitter, you know, a guy that hits twenty home runs, people pay for those type of guys. Yeah. And so if he turns into that, you know, in the next year or two. You know, I do think with the way, you know, you've seen Atlanta pay their young stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think you can try to you know, talk, you at least start the talks now with Bowman to try to get him locked up on a nice, you know, seven, eight year deal, maybe something 
reasonably priced for you guys, but now you know you have more cheaper options now because you have to start looking at those type of contracts with the big ones you have out there already. I agree um, wholeheartedly. I think this is someone, and you kind of want to lock him up before, you know, before the off season in a way. Not maybe lock him up pretty quickly in the off season because you also don't know what the market's going to look like for a third baseman. Um, There is probably a few teams out there that would be chomping at the bit to acquire the rights of an Alec Bone right now. Um, So yeah, I think that's definitely a guy we have to look into. as someone the Phillies might want to just say, you know what, he's he he's a Philly. We drafted him, um, you know, 2018 draft, first round pick, third pick overall out of Wichita State. Um, I think that's somebody they should really think about making a Philly for a long time. Uh, last thing before we jump out of here, uh, before Sunday, uh, Sunday's game, uh, manager Rob Thompson had an update on Andrew Painter. Um, he's been rehabbing that strained elbow that he got, that he suffered during spring training. Uh, he is tentative, tentatively scheduled to throw a batting practice Tuesday, which is like the next step of that program. Um, Thompson said he wouldn't hesitate to throw the 20 year old into the thick of a playoff race because of his age. Um, that the only concern would be if he's healthy, if he's healthy and he's pitching well, you know, he's they, he, Thompson said he's mature enough that he think he can handle a big time game, but he's got to be healthy. And that's a long ways away. Look, it's already July. Did you expect Painter to maybe be ready by now? Based on how they were talking before the season, I thought this was going to be like a one month, one, maybe two month thing max. I really, I think most people believe that. You didn't really, you know, you're saying, you you know, once you avoided surgery and, you know, I think they made things look very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is worrisome. I don't even know if I want to see him this year. Yeah. You know, I, I, you've seen it before. I think, you know, bring up pitchers, you know, late in the season, but you know, this is a team you want a championship run with. And you're a dude that a guy that I think you, had that inflammation problem. I think he just, I don't want to, I don't want to see him in the major leagues this year. If you want to throw him some, give him some games that aren't meaningful, you know, in double a, not, not in the thick of a playoff or, you know, race when you really need it. And I understand, you know, the statistics where our fifth starter is not doing that good. But to me, I just think you, you go out and you look for some of the deadline. You don't, you can't bank on a 20 year old kid that has arm problems right now to be your savior come playoffs. Oh God. No, I agree. Um, all right. So what are you expecting this upcoming week? Um, this is a, this is a tough one to really call uh, because part of me thinks it's going to be, you know, a two win week. Um, it could be, it really you, could be. So what is your, What's your heart telling you compared to your head? <laughs> so, okay. So uh, to be honest, my heart, when I first looked at the week, it said two and four. Mm. No, not my heart. I'm sorry. My head said two your and four. Too. My heart, my heart, like I want to give the generic three and three. Yeah. Because I, I do think we can beat the Marlins. 
Tampa Bay, you look at their team, you're like, you have a bunch of nobodies, you should, but they're just great every season. Um, but, you know, my heart wants to say four, you know, my heart would love to say four and two, but I really <laughs> yeah. just, I think it's going to, I think it's a two and four week, honestly. And, and when you said it, I wasn't going to say two and four. I was going to go the generic three and three and just be, and was out. <laughs> like, you know what? It, it, yeah, it, it, feel, it really feels like a two and four week. That would be, uh, that would really suck. But I'm going to go, um, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go three and three. <laughs> I have to. I don't know why I'm gonna do it. Um, but I, I think, I think maybe they take two out of three uh, against Miami. They take one in Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know what drives me to say they're gonna take two out of three in Tampa, but that's where I'm at. And, and you know what'll happen? Yeah, we'll sweep Tampa, and then we'll get swept by the Marlins. Oh my god! I will that's exactly how it's gonna go face. down now. Um. Oh no. Um. All right, um, yeah, so I go three and three, and Jay's at two and four. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, again, congratulations goes out to Nick Castellanos. Um, he is a National League All-Star, well-deserved, um, just an absolute stud this season. Yeah, um, big shout-out to him, man. Yeah, man. It's fantastic. Um, uh, also, uh, today, this episode is our 50th episode, episode number 50 for Ring the Bell. Um Super, super stoked to be at this point. I think we've missed, what, two total weeks since we started this podcast. I think we didn't record for maybe two weeks, right? Or did we yeah. miss maybe one? So, uh, look, we've been doing our best to be as consistent as possible. Sometimes we can't get to you guys on a on a Sunday, but we always, always, always try to make sure that by that Monday or Tuesday we get a show out to you guys. Um so, yeah, we're doing our best to keep going here. Thank you so much to Manscaped and SeatGeek um, for helping this show just continue to go, and it's a really big deal. Now all we need to do uh, and all we need is for the Phillies to get up and go, and um, I would love for this show to be part of another big playoff run. That would just be great. So with the All-Star game coming, the trade deadline coming, uh, July is here already. It's really time to get friggin' serious. So uh, we're, we're hoping for – quite the second half of a Phillies baseball season. So we're super excited here. Uh, thank you guys so much for all the support uh, at RTB baseball on Instagram at ring the bell, eight, five, six on Twitter. If you go to Facebook, it's a uh, ring the bell of Phillies podcast. Um, so for Jason, Ken, I'm Christy Francesco. This is ring the bell Phillies podcast, and we'll catch you guys next week. Have a great one. Have a awesome, awesome 4th of July. If you're celebrating, if you're having a party, um be safe have a great time eat up um and then go bring to the it gym. yeah and then go to the gym the next day and burn it all off um all right everybody have a good one we'll catch you all down the road and as always go fills <laughs>